and welcome to Primary Care Spotlight, the podcast that brings you all the latest news and insights from Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub. Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub is delivered in partnership with Kerner Health CIC, working on workforce development programmes across the Cornwall health and care system, and we are here to support all those working in primary care. Hello and welcome to Primary Care Spotlight. In this episode, I will be talking to Sarah Truen, one of the educators at the Primary Care Training Hub, who has been the creator and person who's really driven the new cardiovascular disease training pathway. Um, she really identified that there was a need and it was something that was missing from our education program and has spent a lot of time and effort and a lot of her expertise in putting something really amazing together. So we have just delivered this recently for the first time. So she'll be explaining a little bit more about what the program is all about, what is included on there, who the training is for, um, how it is delivered and what are the plans going forward. So I hope you do enjoy this episode. If you are interested in this training, uh, do let us know. We, We do like to keep an interest register of those people who would like to attend. So here is Sarah talking about the cardiovascular disease training program. Enjoy. Hi there and welcome to the podcast. If you could just introduce yourself, your job role, a little bit about your background, that'd be great. Hiya, hi Emma. Um, yeah, my name's Sarah. I'm a registered nurse, been registered nurse for, for 20 years this year actually, which is quite unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> uh, so half of my career I spent in secondary care looking at, looking after really poorly people with cardiovascular problems, um, acute medicine, that kind of thing. And I left there in 2013 and came to work in primary care where I've been ever since. Uh, I now work for Carn and Downs GP Surgery. Um, I'm one of the practice nurses there, the lead practice nurse there. And my big passion, not surprisingly, coming from secondary care and doing those things, is yeah. cardiovascular care. Perfect. So yeah, cardiovascular is really your your bag, isn't it? That's your your thing. I keep thinking that I'm going to um, have the same enlightenment for other things. Uh, <laughs> Like I do like, you know, I do like the way that, pre- that primary care and practice nursing is so broad, but I still come back to, to the cardiovascular side of things all the time and just think, oh, yeah, this is what I really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, I suppose that leads on nicely to sort of what we were going to discuss about, like, what is cardiovascular disease? Because obviously there is a lot of it around, isn't there? <laughs> well, it's it's absolutely huge, isn't it? Um, yeah. The brief um, description of cardiovascular disease is, is a massive is a massive umbrella. Um, and a term that affects basically the heart and the blood vessels and all the things in amongst it. And when I'm trying to talk to people about it and trying to teach student nurses and things about it, who sometimes find the whole situation a little bit complicated, I just say it's just about plumbing and electrics, really, and about, mm. about a bit like your central heating system. So you've got your boiler, which is the which is the heart, and then you've got your central heating system. So you've got all your your radiators and your plumbing that goes all over the house, and that's kind of like what your cardiovascular system is like so you've got your heart beating away and then you've got all the veins and and veins and arteries all going around your body supplying blood and oxygenating everything and keeping everything going perfect and I suppose there's so it's a nice way to think about it because I suppose you think about it in isolation a lot of like you know certain conditions but actually I suppose it's very rare that you're going to find someone as people age that aren't going to have one if not more cardiovascular sort of problems that fall under that umbrella Exactly. Yeah. So you've got that umbrella. You think about your plumbing electrics and where everything's going um, and then and then the things that arise from that. So your hypertension, your arrhythmias, your atrial fibrillation, the cardiovascular disease, the cardiac heart disease, stroke, peripheral arterial disease. They're all linked together and they're all linked by this cardiovascular system and the problems that can occur within those within those organs 
in those systems. So why is it so important that healthcare professionals who work in primary care do have a good understanding of cardiovascular disease? Well, I mean, I guess uh, from 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 all of those things, the things that I've, I've just mentioned, we're all going, oh, yes, you know, we know someone with that or we know we've looked after people with those things. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely massive. It's absolutely massive. Um, so much so that the last in 2019, the NHS England have launched the 10 year cardiovascular ambitions because the risk of cardiovascular disease of the complications and the issues that it that it occurs. And they've really focused on three areas, which is atrial fibrillation blood pressure and cholesterol because they're the things that can really affect the and cause the rest of the diseases so um, really trying in primary care and secondary care to be really picking up those things to really re- try and reduce the risk of things like heart attacks strokes vascular dementia and all and those things that we all sort of shy away and think how awful it would be to get them yeah and I suppose like like you say it's not just about ma- management is it it's that preventative sort of thing because in primary care we're, it's su- we're in such a good place aren't we to actually be the ones sort of picking those people up diagnosing early and playing a real key, key role in prevention I think. Absolutely and um, um, as nurses and uh, in general practice as a whole this we're looking at these things all of the time and like you say picking them up early is key to reducing the um, progression of these diseases. Our job in primary care is to manage patients all over their lifetime, isn't it? So trying to prevent things from happening in the first place, managing them when they do happen, and then preventing them from happening again or getting worse. That is our sort of primary role, isn't it? For us in primary care, the reason it's so important that we know about these things is because it's so prevalent. We've already got lots of um, incentives and targets and things that we have that we get because of how important it is. Big part of our role is making sure that we are inviting people in, making sure their blood pressures are well controlled and 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 looking after them. So we need to have the 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 bread and butter of it. So we need to know where all of that comes from to be able to effectively manage it. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose for any practice managers who who are listening, um, just you said about targets and things, a lot of the QOF targets are, are probably centred around cardiovascular disease, aren't they, in those indicators and things. So actually, you know, it's a, it's a good thing to sort of be doing well at your practice for that reason. And and QOF targets and things are rooted in evidence, aren't they? You know, that, that meeting those will mean better uh, care for your patients. So yeah. Yeah, if your staff are trained well in cardiovascular disease, then hopefully you're going to do better in your cough targets. So just well, to... and that's it exactly. And I and I always hate to think about it in in money terms. But yeah. At the end of the day, we do get paid for doing the work that we that we do, but it's not because of that that we do the work. Yeah. We need to do the work to make sure people are as healthy as they can be, and mm. then we keep things going, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think Quaff does get a bad rep, but actually, you know, it has been sort of, it is all rooted in like evidence, isn't it? That, you know, and that's why a lot of it's centered around cardiovascular because like meeting those targets and things means that people will be getting better care. You know, if people's blood pressure is well controlled, if the cholesterol is well controlled and so on and so forth. And the more that we can, that we know about those things and the more that mm. we learn about them, the more that we can educate our patients to be able to take the lifestyle steps that they need to try and reduce the risk of them developing those things. So that's so if we know about those things and we can really be passionate about then it can only be benefit to them. Yeah. So yeah, just we're not just taking a blood pressure, like the understanding behind all that is is really important, which is what this course will hopefully equip people with, won't it? Hopefully, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
So um, why has the new cardiovascular training been sort of created then? I joined the Cornwall Training Hub about 18 months ago. And prior to that, I'd been looking for cardiovascular updates and things. And I always like to try and keep up to date as much as possible. And the Training Hub did have some cardiovascular things to for updating now and again, and, and they were really good. Um, but I didn't see that there was a a sort of a program of events which sort of led from one thing to the other whereas when you the diabetes for example in the Cornwall Training Hub is extremely it's a really great pathway and you it's mm. beginning diabetes then it's about management then it flows all the way through and again the same with the respiratory because of how big cardiovascular disease is in primary care and because of the long-term conditions and because of everything else I thought in my head I felt that actually we could do with that we could really could do with someone who's looking after these patients starting right from basics and really working all the way up so that they have a really deep understanding of cardiovascular disease so I sort of wanted to develop the sessions that flowed that people could either dip in and out of if they felt they just wanted an update on one particular disease but actually running the whole course means that by the end they'll have a really good understanding of cardiovascular disease as a whole. Yeah, perfect. Completely agree. It was definitely something that's missing. So I think it's a valuable addition to like the uh, prospectus there. So who is actually the training aimed at? Who who can attend it? Who's it for? It's really for anyone. So we've, we've, we've set it at a sort of middle bar. Anyone can really attend and get as much or as little out of it as they as they need to. This is the first time we've run the course and we've had a few HCAs that have, that have come on. We've had some ANPs and we've had a couple of pharmacists um, and lots of G- GPNs in the middle who are doing the, the bulk work of the long term conditions. So I think I would say the R, the any it's open to any of the R's roles, um, paramedics, anyone that anybody really that is looking after patients with cardiovascular diseases, wanting to learn about the most up to date evidence, but also getting back to basics. So the first module is about A and P, um, which is a really good refresher for everybody who might know quite a bit about cardiovascular disease, but could do with a refresher about how the circulation system works. So back to the boiler and the plumbing, beginning again, just thinking, right, okay, this is where it all comes from. And and that just adds a really good foundation. So yes, it's open for anyone, really, Uh, open to anyone that would like to come on, bearing in mind that some of it might go over your head if you're very new to it. Some of it you might need to know more. And I think that the way that we've got the speakers is that they are really knowledgeable in their field. So if someone needs to know a little bit more about a certain subject, it's fine for them to ask and the answer will be there and if someone's it's a little bit over their head then they've got plenty to go away with and learn about yeah I mean I attended the anatomy and physiology session there was quite a few light bulb moments throughout the session I think probably a lot of people experience that you're like oh so that's why those medications that kind of makes a bit more sense now and that's really then makes you practice better when you go back to see your patients because you have that better understanding can explain things a bit better to your patients so it has a lovely knock-on effect I think Uh, absolutely and one of the big things I think that possibly that will be addressed maybe in nursing education as we go forward is that I remember from my training is that we we didn't do a huge amount in in um, pharmacology and anatomy and physiology sort of linking together and I think that uh, some nurses might agree or disagree but I I felt that and so when you go back and go over the physiology again and then you can apply it to the medicines that you're using it does make a huge amount of sense mm. and you really explain that to your patient then about what why something might be working better than something else yeah absolutely and I think for healthcare support workers as well you know it might not mean that they can necessarily be doing more in practice but just like what they're doing they'll have a better understanding of and probably a bit more confidence about doing like the blood pressures and things like that because I think it would be really helpful for that yeah, absolutely. And that's it. That's it again. So if healthcare support workers would like to go on the courses, that's great. 
exactly as you say, it doesn't mean to say that then we should assume that they, because they've been on those modules, that they should be then taking on advanced roles and doing things that are out of their remit because mm. that's unsafe practice. But having that understanding, even when we're doing health checks and we're doing blood pressure monitoring and, you know, those long term conditions, which which a huge amount of the healthcare support workers do, yeah. they're having knowledge to be able to explain why if someone's cholesterol has come back high in a health check, what can we do about it and why is it high and, and why is it so important? Or or if you pick up an, an irregular pulse and a manual pulse, why is it important to do a manual pulse, picking up an AF, possibly preventing a stroke? And that's why they are so important in the whole cog. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like you say, like with those NHS health checks though, and other appointments like that, it, it may well be the healthcare support workers doing that. And it'll also just help them have those conversations with patients much better because they actually have a better understanding themselves. So what actual content is covered in the new sort of cardiovascular disease uh, training package? Because it's a whole package, isn't it? And there's quite a lot of things, I think, in there. I took some advice from, from people around who um, are in the know, so cardiovascular experts, um, some, some great teaching experts, and to find out sort of where they thought things needed to be emphasised and I sort of put together a package where I felt it really flowed together. So we start from, so as you said about the anatomy and physiology, that's the first session. Then we go on to hypertension. Then we go forward on to atrial fibrillation. Then we do another session on stroke, TIA um, and all of those affiliations. Then we do a session on cardiac heart disease, so acute coronary syndromes, syndromes um, and then a session on heart failure. I noticed I, as I went through, I hadn't I hadn't actually put anything specifically in a bit peripheral arter- arterial disease, but I have um, noted that. But that sort of comes into the remit of stroke and cardiac heart disease as well. There, the sort of, sort of sits in between those two things. Yeah. So six sessions, working your way right through from anatomy and phys- physiology all the way up to heart failure. Um, so it's sort of really does give a broad spectrum of all of the cardiovascular issues. Who will be sort of delivering those trainings? Because you've got a few different speakers, haven't you? It's not just sort of like one person, is it? It's of different people speaking. Yeah, so, so we, we've got different speakers for each session. One speaker's doing a couple of sessions. Got uh, so some university lecturers who's also a GP. We've got um, a cardiologist who is actually running the session for the cardiac heart disease. Um, a GP with special interest in cardiology. And we've got an, a nurse practitioner who runs the hypertension sessions, a nurse educator, stroke specialist nurse who ran the stroke session. So lots of different bodies who are specialists in their own field who are bringing to the table their most recent and up-to-date guidance and expertise. And, and I also enlisted in the help of um, one of the G- the GPs with special interest in cardiology in Cornwall, who gave me lots of invaluable contacts and advice about sort of how to put the sessions together to make sure that they're really robust and we're delivering. And throughout the sessions, I was making sure that we're delivering the, the cardiac ambitions plan. So in, in each section, there's part of the cardiac ambitions plan so that when we can keep referring back to that and then seeing how are we improving on our targets and how are we improving on our um, health, the health of our patients by implementing those targets. So how is the training delivered then? At the moment, the training is delivered by teams in half day sessions. Obviously, this is the first time that we've run it. And so it was sort of run over six or seven months. We may try and condense that down so that people can be a little bit more close together with their sessions. Mm. And all the feedback from the people that have been on on the sessions and it's been completely full so that that gives an indication of how important and I think how people were were keen to have something like this 
every session is is oversubscribed actually so that's really good um and i've put together a handbook as well so that it's an optional handbook so people don't have to use it but each session i've put together some competencies and some, some great websites for people to follow and to so they can really delve into it a bit more so they can do their session then they can look at the session which is in the handbook and then go into the websites that we might have talked about look about at the targets i've got the nice targets the european society of cardiology information in there and, and lots of different websites like pumping marvelous for heart failure hypertension society all of these all of these different websites charities that are really great um, at promoting and have lots of really good content in them actually yeah amazing okay so yeah it is virtual isn't it at the minute and i think i suppose because it's so many sessions it probably just lends itself a little bit better to being virtual than because uh, it's because it's so there's so much isn't there to cover you otherwise you would probably need quite a lot of face-to-face dates wouldn't you three days of of face-to-face I think is what we said and face-to-face would be fine maybe do some face-to-face because things like doing blood pressures and doing AF pulse checks and and looking at the different media equipment that we can get now for picking up AF like the the Cardia mobile and things that we can do easily to pick up um, atrial fibrillation and being a bit more hands-on maybe listening to some chests if we're talking about heart failure those sorts of things would probably lend themselves to -to face-to-face so maybe Mm. down the line we'll see what the feedback comes If the, if the overwhelming feedback is oh we'd really like this to be face to face then mm. then maybe that's something that we can think about as we're coming back out into the world again yeah or maybe um i think because we're thinking about something similar with diabetes you know having the virtual learning but then trying to organize or create a sort of practical session that sort of comes at the end of all that where everybody can get together and go through like case studies and do all that equipment stuff and you know, be together and that might complement it nicely. But like you say, from what we need from people is feedback, don't we? So we can just constantly be redeveloping uh, these sessions to sort of meet the needs and wants of, of the people attending them, I suppose. Absolutely. And and if and, and making sure we're pitching it at the right level for people. And we want to upskill people in, in primary care, in cardiology. So I think Possibly over over time, there's been a big focus on respiratory and diabetes and, and practice nurses um, have been really upskilled in that and have really have taken ownership of those areas, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, and maybe we need to do something a bit more like that with the cardiovascular. And there are some surgeries I know that do have cardiovascular lead nurses and they, they're running quite a lot of their clinics and things. Um, from the pre-questionnaires and things that I did, it sounded like there did need to be some upskilling in that in the workforce and a bit more understanding about the importance of just doing a blood pressure or just doing a pulse or just checking if someone's ankles are swelling up. Um, and so, yeah, getting the feedback, finding out what people want and really tweaking it so that we're upskilling those people so that we're really making sure that we're not missing stuff. Yeah, perfect. So you said that you're already delivering uh, some sessions at the minute and they're all sort of fully booked, but what's your plan going forward to how frequently this will be uh, delivered and available to people? Certainly once a year, that's absolutely sure. And and then depending on what demand is like, we may put on two sessions a year. So it's quite a lot of time commitment for people. So if we're asking people to come to six, three, three and a half hour sessions, that's quite a big time commitment for people to be released from work and things. So we'll see. We'll see what the demand is like. It's definitely going to be once a year um, and possibly twice a year. And just a bit off piece, but from a personal perspective, I just wonder, is there sort of a plan to create maybe an update then for people who've been on the full six sessions or would you just be advising them to sort of re-go on them maybe every three years or year or I don't know is there any sort of update plans so that's a really good question so that there are lots of um, things around that you can sort of lots of webinars and things that are around that people can book onto which I do sometimes 
Um, and I think that if you have got a good understanding of your cardiovascular knowledge, um, then doing updates like that is a really good thing. So you can, so I've just been on a lipid one, for example, and, and that was really great because I had, uh, it was re a really good update with the latest research about the new cardiac, the new um, lipid pathway, really interesting. But if I didn't have the background knowledge and the underpinning, underpinning knowledge of why that was so important, um, it probably wouldn't have got so much out of it. So yes, is the answer. The, the, the answer to your question is yes. I think that it would be a really great thing for people to go on this course to really get the, these courses to get their knowledge up and then think about more, possibly something more like a masterclass for those people that have been on those courses and just need update and the latest research and the new changes and all of yeah. those because you're right if you've done those courses and your knowledge is already there you don't necessarily need to go back to the beginning every time absolutely no, no yeah but but then it is also so important isn't it to be staying up to date because like you just said if things are just always changing aren't they and you know new medications new guidance and you know just keeping on top of things is so important isn't it yeah okay so I think that really brings us to the end unless you have any sort of like final thoughts or anything you wanted to particularly end on you're right things are changing all the time and there have been quite a few changes in cardiovascular management in the last three or four years so the AF um, management has changed slightly the lipid pathway there's a new a new lipid pathway that's come out in the last year heart failure disease there is a huge change in the management of that or not a huge change but there's new medicines that have come out which have really increased the prognosis for these patients so they're things that we really need to keep on top of so there are quite big changes in cardiovascular disease and you're right we need to keep on top of those going forward in primary care yeah and, he, and even if you're someone who's maybe been doing it for years and years and years there's still probably something in this course that would be useful for you I think as well yeah so I hope that's um clarified everything for everyone um and some people are as enthusiastic about me about cardiovascular disease get excited about it and really want to make changes all right fingers crossed perfect all right well thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me you're welcome it's been lovely <laughs> all right yeah, okay you take care thank you okay bye That's all today from Primary Care Spotlight. Thank you for listening and I look forward to you joining me again soon. For more information, you can visit our website www.kernerhealthcic.org.uk forward slash Cornwall training hub. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cornwall underscore TH and on Facebook at Cornwall Training Hub. To speak to the Training Hub team about how we can help your practice or career, please contact us at kernerhealthcic.workforce at nhs.net. If you have content ideas or would be interested in being interviewed for the podcast, please do get in touch. Bye for now.